This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Aloha mai kako, and welcome to a new episode of What School You Went, where we start every conversation with that question, because that's the question that we all ask. You get a party, a luau, or first time you meet somebody, what school you went? I'm Ron Mizutani, and today we're talking about surfing in ancient Hawaii on the alaya, the papa he'inalu. We welcome back our longtime friend of mine, a waterman, a former professional surfer, cultural practitioner, Tom Pohaku Stone. Hey. Welcome. Hey, you know what? What school you went yeah. is the question everybody yeah. asks because then they know your background. They know where you come from, right? <laughs> they know your economic situation. Yes, correct. And <laughs> right. you know, it's that kind of thing. So before it used to be like, oh, who's who's your mother, who's your father, or where you, where you grew up, right? But then the story gets too long. Right, right. right. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> so, and before you know it, the girl you're dating is actually your cousin. But uh, uh, that's yeah, another story. Well, let's not go there. <laughs> but what school you went? What school I went? Uh, well, I went McKinley for my GED after my school of hard knocks. <laughs> and, you know, when I say knocks, it wasn't me getting knocked, but yeah. it's like a rough road. So, But I survived. But it's a, ro- a road that you needed to travel. Correct. To get to where you are today. And, and, and I'm so happy that I've known you for many years and had the opportunity to get to know you because I, I do tr- think you are one of the treasures of this island. Oh, change. mahalo. Mahalo for that. Living legend sitting right in front of me. Uh, you know, your your accomplishments in the ocean, your former professional surfer, uh, with your goofy foot, you still, once a goofy, always a goofy. Forever. <laughs> uh, cover of Surfer Magazine a couple of times. You've accomplished much in the channels of, of our islands. Uh, but your latest adventure uh, journey is where I've really pretty much got to know you. And, you know, you took me sledding. Lava sledding up at Hualalai and one of the scariest moments of my life. Of you course. Also, you, you also took me alaya surfing, uh, surfing on the alaya. And, yep. and let's let's start there because not 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 that day because if you remember, yes. I didn't catch a single wave. Correct. Yeah. And I consider myself, I mean, not a good surfer, but I consider myself somebody who knows how to catch waves. But I couldn't catch a wave to save my life. But that's oh, another story, yeah. which we'll maybe talk about. But on the, on, on the, the design the significance, and why did you say, I need to learn that, and I need to share this with the future? Well, I mean, the question about why why I needed to pick it up and stuff like that, it isn't that I picked it up. I just realized before my father passed away, I felt really badly about the way I, I actually treated my dad when I was a young boy, and I didn't show the appreciation for him making me a wood surfboard. Your young fiberglass surfboards were the thing. He made you this oh, one board. Oh, you know it. Uh, I mean, he said, okay, I teach you, basically. And you didn't want it, so he broke it. Yes. And he burned it. Oh, you remember the oh, story, yeah. I do, yeah. And, and, and when you look back now as a young, uh, as, a, as a mature man, <laughs> yes. uh, that probably is like something that stung or still stings. Yeah, it does. But then, you know, it made me realize how, how important it is to, to look at my, my, my children and uh, to look at my grandchildren and hopefully mm-hmm. that I can uh, impress on them 
how, how important it is to carry on our family traditions. It's a desire I didn't I embrace, and I kind of regretted that. Not kind of, I did regret it. And I just wanted to show them that I remembered. And so, you know, when I constructed the board, it was all about him. And I wanted my family to know that I remembered. Because everybody asked me, how did you learn? So this is how I learned. I mean, it was from my dad, the uncles, right? And, you know, I grew up on the beach, right? And I grew up with the wooden surfboards. I wasn't riding fiberglass surfboards till later in my childhood. But originally, I had to learn on big, giant wooden surfboards. And that all the uncles would have to carry it down for me. But there was a tradition is that we had to carry it first. It didn't matter if we walked. 10 feet or 10 yards, but we had to get the board and pick it up and carry it. Not drag. Not drag. We had to actually carry it. And I was not a big kid. I was like a tiny, tiny little thing. But, you know, and that's, and that's when, uh, that's when uh, Uncle Blue Makua came by, picked up the board and carried it to the water for me. And then the next time I tried to get it, Duke was on the beach. Wow. And then next was Steamboat. Right and uh, Curtis, Yelke, mm-hmm. so they're all there, right? And and I wanted to surf, right? and so it was always wood boards. And when I got on a fiberglass board, I was like, "Holy, so much easier!" <laughs> yeah, easier, but not necessarily better. Right? No, and, and not necessarily. so I go back into the '70s for myself, and I was, and, and this is a true story. The first time I ever jumped on a surfboard, I was taught by Robert Kikai. Yeah, and it's something that I treasure for the rest of my life, right there in Waikiki, outside canoes and. And he actually gave me a lesson on surfing that wasn't even about surfing. It was just about, you know, respecting the ocean and such. But, you know, uh, to, to his his dying day, I, I treasured that I had that opportunity to learn from the great Robert Kikai. And then you made mention of these other iconic watermen, you know, Sammy Steamboat, Mokawahi, and, and, and Uncle Blue, of course. Yeah. Duke Anamoku. I mean, uh, let's, let's be honest. This year, his name came back into... Uh, it never left us. Don't get me wrong, but his name became a uh, international. More uh, so today. Today, because of the Olympic Games. I mean, right. it was Duke who went to the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, and said, "This needs to be in the Olympics." Right. This was back in 1912, I think it was. Yep, I yeah. believe so. And here we are today. It was finally in the Olympic Games, and a Hawaiian went home with gold in Carissa Moore. Right. She represented our island state. And we have to congratulate her oh. for that. I mean, yep. I mean that's that's a unique feat. I mean, even you know, even though John John was representing us on on the on the men's side, it's it's she's the one that was walked away with the gold, and, mm-hmm. and we all give her yep. thumbs up and yep. high fives. She's she did her daddy Chris and Mama Carol proud, yeah. and really the entire state of Hawaii. Yeah, congrats to her. Yeah, for congratulations sure. to her. But you know, the, those moments, and then when you look at some of the video that they have shared through the Olympic Games. There are vis- images of Aliyah surfboards, yeah. and um, how difficult is it to build one of those? I mean, it's not like it's not like you can go up to like buy to go up to a, a forest, cut down a koa, and, and build a canoe. This is this takes a lot of painstaking moments for you too, I imagine. In today's world, world where you know machinery, templates, you know all that's available to us, it's pretty easy. But if you want to do traditional style, which is what I do, there's no templates. It's just what you grew up being taught or you were there, you saw, you remember. Um, it's, it's, it's difficult, I mean, 
I mean, I was carving just before he came, and my arm is like, ouch. I've actually, <laughs> I've watched you carve. I've watched you sand. I've watched you uh, uh, with your traditional tools as well. So I can see uh, it's, it takes a tremendous amount of work to finish one board. Yes. And, and grateful am I that that board that I rode was something that inspired by your father. Yes. Wow, that's, that's heavy. I did not know that. Um, so you were on a smaller board that day. And the waves are small. I'm trying to give myself an excuse why I couldn't catch a wave, but I could not catch a wave to save my life. And in fact, our photographer, cameraman, was shooting that segment with you and I. And when I came back in, I was so frustrated. And he said, tell the truth, bro. You've never surfed a day in your life. And I said, I just couldn't. I just could not get on a wave. Yeah. I mean, it's not as simple as people think it is. And so can we just jump back and a a little background story about – Carissa? Yes. Right? So all the short clips that are coming out about her she's riding Waikiki, she's riding a Kikoa style. Yes. She's riding the board you rode. Are you serious? And she was having the same issue. And when they were filming that. I don't feel I, so bad. Yeah. I, 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 I paddled out to mm-hmm. canoes and I just explained to her what to do and how to do it and her timing because she was trying to surf it like her contemporary surfboards rather than a wooden traditional style surfboard. And, and then once, what, once she got that in her, in, in her head and in her you know, soul, whatever you want to call it, yeah. she had it down and she was just ripping. Oh, she was. Yeah. If, if folks on podcast land can understand uh, or, or remember the Olympic coverage, they kept showing Carissa at, at looks, I thought it was Queens, but it's, I guess it's, out of canoes. Yeah, it's out um, of canoes because it was uncrowded that morning right. in the lineup, right? Unbelievable. And, but she's, right. On, she's on a wooden board. Yep, she's on uh, a wooden a, board. You know, if, you, if you're not familiar with surfing, and most of the world watching the Olympic Games, they understand it, but right. they don't understand that she's on a, nope. a wooden board. No fins. No skate, it's, it's, no nothing. It's, what, three inches thick, uh, weighs about, uh, well, that board weighs only about 50 pounds, which is. Feel like 100. <laughs> yeah. it, it does get to a hundred after a while. In That's the right. Water. It gets heavier as the as the, yes. your session goes. Through. Well, because there's no, you know, there's no uh, fiberglass on it. There's no epoxy on it. It's just an oil finish, and so it eventually is going to absorb water. So, so how long can a session last? Uh, you can do well, probably about three hours, oh, really? and then and then your arms start to turn like jello. Like and- <laughs> <laughs> well, mine's felt that way just paddling out. Oh, I never uh, felt so on yeah. uh, 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 this. I just didn't feel, but I understand it, and I just felt good being out there. My, my I remember my uh, ribs were, you know, out of shape, but it was sore. Like oh, I felt yeah. bruised. It, it is yeah. bruised. You yeah. are bruised. I was bruised. <laughs> bruised. My ego was bruised. I think Marissa <laughs> meant uh, Carissa mentioned something about her yeah, that her rib cage yeah. felt a little. Now I get insulation, so I think I'll be okay. <laughs> I think I'll be okay. Um, so you, how, how many would you say you've built through the years? Um, oh, and, God. I mean, and they come in so different many. sizes. They come in different. You'd use different woods as well, correct? Um, yeah, I primarily, you know, I, I lost track of numbers about boards, how many I've made, uh, because they've gone pretty much worldwide and to museums and to individuals and, you know, organizations. But um, we have done... Uh, the largest one I constructed is 20 foot. Wow. And that's a 20 foot Olo. You know, that's the biggest. And then the smallest I've made is the Uma, which is the, the actual uh, forerunner to what becomes surfing today. Because 
the Uma that it was it was just a you know you know you used to do the trays right yes. I'm not going to mention the name no, no, where we, we got it from trust me I did it I, we had a discussion <laughs> with Lanai several weeks ago and I used to go to Walls yes. in the groin, and I'd make a stop at Jack in the Box first to <laughs> right. grab my yeah, right. and board. And, right. You know, I once read, Puhaku, um, and I'm going to hopefully I don't misquote you. Somebody had asked you, what's it like, um, what's it different between standing on a fiberglass board and a wooden board? And I'm not going to finish the whole answer, but something that you answered was so like, I could almost feel you, right? And I couldn't, really, <laughs> I couldn't feel it because I never stood up. Um, but you said it's like listening to a beautiful symphony playing, soothing to your soul, and you just embrace it. It is a harmonization between the wind and the motion of the water and the breaking wave. You're like in another place. You remember saying that? I never say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I yeah. do remember saying that because, you know, the fins create a sound right. as they turn and stuff like that. But when you turn in a, a wood board, there's no sound. There's not even a chatter. Right, it's just it's just the wave breaking, and you gliding across that that face, and I think it's something that a lot of people should take the time if they really want to experience this to actually go see what it's like to do a glide, and you know it's not like I'm I'm the only person making wood boards. I I focus on traditional wood boards. Again, for me, it's maintaining the cultural knowledge and the cultural practice as it was done. And with surfing, now that Carissa has just thrown it out there, being an Olympian and a gold medalist, is that it'll get lost along the way if we don't keep it, right? And keep it alive and keep it as part of the experience for our, our generations to come. So I think, I think what I, I hear in that, too, is something that I learned in my years of paddling canoe as well. I mean, tradition is irreplaceable. Yet there is room for technology and advancement. Of course. I remember getting into a, after a f- couple of Inu, <laughs> after a couple of cold ones, um, with a friend of mine who said, uh, and I was, I, was, I was fighting, possessive, if you will, of our culture and tradition and koa, and talking about canoes. And then he said, and he made a good point. He said, you know what? Think of it this way. And I don't mean disrespect to your, your Hawaiian culture and, and history. But if King Kamehameha had an opportunity to jump in a and jump in a fiberglass canoe to beat, you know, who he was about to conquer, he might have considered it. I mean, it seemed like same like guns, right? We embraced it. We embraced yeah. it. Yeah. And so I cannot see King Kamehameha jumping on a one-man canoe, but who knows? But you know what? You make a good point because that point is, though Kamehameha looked at uh, progress and development, technology, whatever it might be. He also, at the same time, maintained traditions and cultural practices, right? I agree 100%. Paco, thank you so much for, oh, mahalo you you. for all, our, all, all that you do for our community, carrying on tradition. Good to see you. Okay, mahalo mahalo. everybody out there for joining us. Tune in next week for another episode of What School You Went. See you next time. Ahoy ho. What School You Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimane Gardner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.